listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Please give it up for Michael Bennett and for Chris as well. We, uh, we normally have really loud worship, and it's just so good to know that we can worship in any style, in any volume, in any type of intensity or lack of intensity. Worship is about our heart, our placement of our hearts with God, uh, just standing in awe of who he is. And I just, I'm just blessed by the songs that he wrote and that he's sharing. Um, if you guys want to help his ministry and also just you were touched by the songs. Um, he, uh, he has a booth in the lobby where he will be selling uh, some, uh, some albums uh, with his songs. So please feel free to uh, check that out. Um, I mentioned at the beginning of service that our pastor, Pastor Jason, he's our lead pastor, his wife, Mark, uh, Maddie, uh, they, they're all right now in... Um, uh, in Spain, working with a group of mi- missionaries that are impacting the lives of a Muslim community in Spain. So uh, I think I have some pictures uh, that they've already sent me of what they've been doing. Uh, there's Pastor Jason and Mark, they're playing, and they've been working a lot with the kids. Now, you won't be able to see the faces of the kids for various reasons, uh, not only because of privacy issues, but also to protect those families. Looks like they were making medieval helmets out of construction paper. So that's pretty cool. Uh, they've been having an awesome time. And like I said earlier, they've, uh, they've been telling me about some of the amazing testimonies uh, that they've been hearing from these missionaries. These are people that are putting uh, everything on the line and they're going out and talking and interacting and loving some of the Muslims in their community and talking to them about Jesus so it's an awesome thing that they're doing, and I just ask that you would keep them in prayer um, as, uh, as, as not only as our team comes back, but also uh, in the remainder of their uh, mission, that these missionaries would be blessed, that they would be emboldened by the Holy Spirit, that they would be encouraged. Um, we're starting a new series next week, not this week, because Pastor Jason is going to be back next week. Uh, But today, what I'd like to do is talk a little bit about the concept of being filled by the Spirit. This is a concept that was very foreign to me when I was brought up. Um, I've shared before in my upbringing, um, I sought God, but I sought God religiously. And let me explain what I mean by that. By religiously, I mean that I would seek God because I was afraid of the consequence, number one, of not seeking God. I was afraid of that. And number two, I was also afraid of uh, not measuring up to God, not being accepted by God, because I knew in my sinfulness, I just wasn't good enough for God. That second part was, I was right on the money. I wasn't good enough for God, and that's why Jesus is needed, and that's what the gospel proclaims. But there was something else that needed to be fixed, which was, I'm seeking God because I'm afraid of an outcome. And one of the biggest things that God has taught me and has taught many of you uh, is that we seek God because he is the absolute treasure that we want. And sometimes our sinful nature gets in the way of that, but we seek God because he's absolutely the only thing that will satisfy us, that will nourish us, and that will make us feel complete. 
The problem is sometimes in this walk, in this Christian walk of ours, uh, sometimes we, we just become mundane and we walk, this, the, we, we, we just do the same things. We, we go through a routine. We, you know, we pray and we read the Bible, but we almost do it routinely sometimes and we don't do it for the sake of seeking God or to experience God. And what I want us to do today is to think about the main motivator in our, in our walk for God should be to experience God. And we're going to exposit that in the concept of be filled with the Spirit. So again, if you want to take a tagline with you for this sermon, it's that we want to seek to experience God, not try to live a nice life for the sake of just doing routine, but we want to experience, savor God. We want to experience the Holy Spirit and his glory. And that should be the motivator when I wake up. That should be the motivator as I go through my job. That should be the motivator as I go to school. That should be the motivator when I interact with people. That I want to experience the living God who made the universe and made me. That's what we want to seek. So how do we do it? We're told in Ephesians 5.18 that we are to be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. This is Paul exhorting us, and he's telling us, this is a command that he's giving us, that we would be filled with the Spirit. Now, at first glance, if you're not new to Christianity, this might sound a little interesting. Wait, do I not have the Holy Spirit? Do we empty ourselves of the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be filled? If I, as a believer, have come to faith in Jesus Christ, I thought I've been baptized by the Holy Spirit, I received it. What do you mean be filled? I'm I'm full of him, right? What's the deal there? Why do I need to seek this consistently, to be filled with the Holy Spirit? See, there is a key distinction. In our faith, we are taught that we receive the Holy Spirit, and that is correct, but that is different from being filled with the Holy Spirit. And a lot of the problems that cause us to not experience God is that we have the Holy Spirit, but we are not filling ourselves with the Holy Spirit. And we go through the mundane, and we don't experience God. And, and, and think about this. If we don't experience God, then, then really the the God that we read about is, is just theoretical in a sense. If I read the Bible, I know we say the Bible is the word of God, but I must feel something when I read the word of God. I must experience God. Otherwise, I'm just reading to get it off my to-do list. We want to experience God, and to do that, we must be filled by the Spirit. But again, It's not the same as initially receiving the Spirit. So your first point today is initially receiving the Holy Spirit is different from being filled by the Spirit. So again, initially receiving the Holy Spirit is different from being filled with the Holy Spirit. Two different experiences. And at first glance, it's hard to see. But if you read the book of Acts you'll notice that these two things are very different. See, the first thing we must understand, before to getting to what being filled means, let's understand what it means to receive the Holy Spirit. First of all, we do receive it. In Acts 2, 
verses thir- verse 38, it says, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the first one. We receive, it's a gift from God. The Holy Spirit is a gift once we come to faith. That's the first thing. We receive it. Second, when we receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. It dwells in us. For that one, I, I, I recommend you check out Romans 8 verse 9, excuse me. Romans 8 verse 9 says, You, however, speaking to those of us that are in Christ, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So here's something that's important. The Spirit doesn't go out and leave. We're not being told to be filled with the Spirit because the Spirit, we receive it, and then the Spirit takes a vacation, and we no longer have it. It is a gift that we've received, and He dwells. He doesn't leave. The Holy Spirit is with you for good. He doesn't leave. He dwells. Again, it says the Spirit of God dwells in you in Romans 8 and 9. So we receive the Holy Spirit, He dwells in us, meaning he makes his home in us. And finally, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 1, verses 13 through 14, these are not on the screen because they're not the main passage. It says, in him, that's in Christ, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Your salvation is sealed. You have a mark on you that guarantees that you are getting what's coming to you as a child of God. That if you are truly saved, meaning you've given up your life to Jesus, for salvation and for lordship. You've given up your life to God. You are sealed. There is a mark on you. It's like a royal seal on a car, on a, on a letter that's sent. This seal is authentic and it is in you. And it guarantees that you will acquire possession of that inheritance. So quickly, we receive the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us, makes his home in us, and we are sealed by the Spirit. So what's this business with being filled with the Spirit? Am I emptying myself of the Spirit? I don't get it. Why be filled with the Holy Spirit? We've already established with those three passages that we don't lose the Spirit. We have it. He dwells in us. That's so good. He dwells in us. He makes his home in us. That is so good. So you don't lose the Spirit. So what is this filling issue? And for that, we turn to Acts chapter 4. I believe this one will be on the screen. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31. Now here's what I want you to keep in mind about this passage. The context is that this is after the so-called day of Pentecost. For those of you that don't know, Uh, the day of Pentecost is the day that the disciples, the apostles, receive the promised Holy Spirit. 
and they are, and they have their first initial filling of the Holy Spirit. So they are, they receive the promised Holy Spirit in chapter two. This is two chapters afterwards, okay? Two chapters afterwards. They already have the Holy Spirit. So let's see this concept of be filled. It says in verse 23, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And here's where it gets important. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants, that's them, the people praying, grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness because they were scared. While, you're, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So there the prayer finishes and watch what happens. Remember, two chapters ago, they received the spirit. They have it. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So being filled with the Spirit, as you can see in this passage, is different. They weren't just initially filled there. They had received, they had been baptized by the Holy Spirit. A one-time event. You receive it as a gift and it dwells in you. But now they pray because they're scared and they want to do something amazing that they are not capable of doing. And when they pray, they experience God. They are filled by the Spirit and they experience God in such a way that they don't care about their lives and now they're going to walk out and preach boldly to the people to do something supernatural because they are terrified. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and it moved them into action. In his commentary on the book of Acts, Richard Longnecker states that the, the, basically the expression filled with the Holy Spirit denotes a special moment of inspiration that complements and brings to a functional focus the presence in every believer's life of the person and ministry of God's Spirit. This is like something else, okay? You did receive the Spirit. You, he dwells in, in, in you, and you are sealed. But this filling is a moment of inspiration in which you just experience the glory of God, and it moves you to do something radical, something amazing, something glorious. You experience God. It's like, uh, like an overdose, It's like an overdose of God. Being filled with the Spirit is amazing, and it makes you do crazy things. And I mean that in a good way. 
We're called to preach boldly to our neighbors, to our co-workers, to the people of Redlands and beyond. We're called to love radically those that are a little uncomfortable to love on. We're called to do things that we just don't naturally do. But we experience the Holy Spirit. We are filled with the Holy Spirit if we seek it and we pray for it to go and do those crazy things and you will do them. Not by your strength, not by your initiative, but because God fills you up, he just he gives you an overdose and you experience the glory of God and it empowers you to go and do radical things for the kingdom of God. That's what being filled with the Spirit is. It's not receiving the Spirit. That happens and don't take it for granted. That baptizes you and saves you. But this is something else. This is an empowerment, of just a welling up. All I can just visualize is something stirring in you. It's the Holy Spirit and you're experience, you experience it in such a way you'll do crazy stuff. It is, this is just so good. We, we should want to seek this. If we don't want to seek this, we're missing out. If we don't want to seek this, we will never see why God is better than the world. If we don't want to seek this, we will never understand why we give in to sin instead of to God. We will never understand it. We must experience God. This can happen in your prayers. This can happen in your Bible reading. This can happen in your day to day. He dwells in you. Don't, don't try to be dormant with the, uh, with the Spirit. Wake up. Stay woke. The Spirit is in you. This embrace that power that is within you. Here's what's crazy. You want to pray a prayer that God will always say yes to? A prayer that God will always say yes to. Hang on. God always listens to all your prayers and he always answers. He just sometimes doesn't say yes the whole time. But you want to pray a prayer that God will always say yes to? Look at Luke 11 verses 9 through 13. And I, I guarantee you, if you do this with authenticity in your heart and you wait for it, you're going to get yes to that prayer. This is right after Jesus taught the disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer. Right after this, in Luke 11, verses 9 through 13, it says, And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. What father among you, if, it, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. You know, we quote the Bible day, just all day saying, ask and you shall receive. The, God, the Father will give to you. The Father will give to you. You have to understand its context. He's saying, ask more of me and I will say yes. Ask more of me to get me and I will always say yes to that prayer. Always. This is a prayer you will always get a yes to. And guess what? It's the most important prayer you could make. Because you're going to experience God. In Jeremiah 20, 29, 13, God says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
If we want to seek that filling of the Holy Spirit with all of our heart, we will get God. Now in Jeremiah, it's an Old Testament passage and he's speaking to Israel, but we've been grafted into Israel as believers. We are the true Israel. So you are included in this promise. All his promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. A prayer God will always say yes to, to get more of him, to experience that Holy Spirit. Just throw away the religious thinking. Seek God for God, for what he is to you. Bullet point number two, when we are filled by the Holy Spirit, we see God's glory. So the first point was, it's different to receive than to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Number two is, when we are filled by the Holy Spirit, we see or experience God's glory. In 2 Corinthians, verse, or 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 through 18, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, again, Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So again, contextually, Holy Spirit here. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. With the Holy Spirit, when we get that filling, we see God's glory. That's why it says there, with unveiled face, we see the glory of God. Just like when Moses would walk around after having experienced the glory of God and his face would shine. But we do it unveiled directly to God. Again, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We with unveiled face behold the glory of God. We should want to do this because we will see the glory of God. Seek to be filled by the Holy Spirit so that you will see the glory of God. Acts is full of these filling moments. And I want to sh- just, this one isn't on the screen because it, it came to mind this morning, so I didn't have it prepped. But here's an instance of a person in Acts who is filled by the Spirit and he literally sees the glory of God. Stephen, when he's about to be stoned, the martyr. In chapter 7, verses 54 through 56, watch what happens and watch the description in the language. Again, not on the screen, Acts chapter 7, if you want to write it down, verses 54 through 56, it says, Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. That's Stephen. But he, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. Hang on. If you're filled, you're full. (laughs) So this is the same concept, okay? Full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. What a way to die. There's nothing better. You want to see the glory of God and you will do it when you are filled with the Spirit. A spirit that's already dwelling in you. Be filled by the Holy Spirit. Stir it up. Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. This passage is so good because it goes from being filled in God to seeing the glory of God. Point number three, the last point. The truth is, whether we know it or not, we long to presence God's glory. 
So we should want to be filled with the Spirit. Again, point number two was, when I'm filled by the Spirit, I see the glory of God. Well, you should want to be filled by the Spirit because you actually want to see the glory of God. You do want to see it. And when you see it, whether you know this or not, but when you see it, there's nothing else that you will want to see. There's nothing else that you will want to experience. There's nothing else that you will want more than that. This is why in Exodus chapter 33, Moses requests this. In Exodus chapter chapter 33, verses 17 through 18, and the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do for you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name. And here's what Moses says. Moses said, please show me your glory. That's all he longed for. He wanted to see God's glory. You don't have to stay in the Old Testament to see that. You see it also in the New Testament, in the transfiguration of Jesus. They're hanging out with Jesus, and when they realize what's happening, and when they see Jesus in his glory, they want to stay there. Luke chapter 9, verses 32 through 33 Now Peter and those who were with him, again, this is Luke chapter 9, verses 32 through 33. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake and saw his glory, again, the concept, see his glory, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter realizes, by the way, let me just make a parenthesis, Peter realizes this moment's going to end. And he doesn't want it to end. So as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Please, let's not go anywhere else. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, who were there in the transfiguration, not knowing what he said. He's like, let's just hang out here. Let's just stay here. Can I stay with your glory? They they didn't know they were going to see this. They didn't know they they were going to see the transfiguration of Jesus. They didn't know that they would see Jesus, as it says there, in his glory. But when they saw it, they wanted it. They wanted to stay there. When you see the glory of God, there's nothing more you want. So whether you know it or not, we long to presence God's glory. So in a nutshell, what this sermon has been about is two things. Understanding that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have it if we believe, if we've professed our life. But sometimes we miss out on the filling. We should wake up to seek that filling because it will show us God's glory. We should want every day to seek the filling of the Holy Spirit because we want to see God's glory. That's the nutshell of the message. And I've given you plenty of passages that have spoken to me on this subject because this is what I want to experience. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes, just like that passage we started with, Ephesians 5.18, I put other stuff in me and not the Holy Spirit. See, that passage in 5.18 can be substituted not just with wine, but with other things. What are we filling ourselves with? What is it that we seek to experience? When people get drunk with wine, they are seeking the experience of the drunkenness. They're seeking an experience. Paul is saying, you're seeking the wrong experience. 
Be filled with the Spirit so that you can see God's glory. That's the true experience. That's the true experience. And I'm not making theological claims that wine in itself is sinful. The, the clear marker there is the drunkenness. And again, we, I don't, I'm not trying to get into theological arguments about that or not. You can stand on either side of the camp. Alcohol is good. Alcohol is bad. Whatever it is, drunkenness is what's mentioned here that I'm focusing on. What are we getting drunk on? Are we getting drunk on the Holy Spirit or are we getting drunk on other stuff? Come on. We want to saturate ourselves with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we seek this, it will change how we live. Religious living out of the way, authentic seeking of God, in. That's what we will become if we seek him. Psalm 26, 8 says, O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. The Holy Spirit dwells in you, man. Again, Psalm 26, 8 says, O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. I would encourage us myself included, that I would seek to be filled by the Spirit so that I may experience God's glory, something that is unmatched, unequaled, unrivaled, and will change the way you live, and it will make you live radically. You'll be emboldened, and you'll do things you never thought you'd do, all for the sake of His glory and for the sake of the experience. The experience. As my two worshipers that we're leading worship, come back, Michael and Chris. I want this to be our prayer. And at the end of service, I'm going to have a time, no pressure. At the end of service, as people are walking out, I'm going to call some of my prayer leaders to come up here. Because if you want to receive, uh, if you, excuse me, if you want to experience this, and you feel like this message is speaking to you because you want to God is saying to you, I want you to experience me, not be religious with me. If that's you, then I want to encourage you to pray for it because I'm praying for, it for myself. And as we move on throughout the week, that we would, as a consequence, live radically. That we would do that. So let's pray as the ushers get ready for the tithes and offering as well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you because you gave us a gift like no other. You gave us you. The Spirit is the Lord. You, you died on the cross. Jesus dies on the cross to bring people to God so that we may draw near to him, so that we would draw near to God and you draw near to us, Lord. Father, may your Holy Spirit fill us. It sealed us. It dwells in us. We've received it as a gift for good. But may we use it. May it fill us up. May it saturate us. May we experience your glory daily so that the main motivator to everything in our lives is radical living because of that tasting of the glory of God. Awaking the Spirit within those who are asleep here today, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that if someone right now is being moved by this, that it would awaken in them. 
and that would seek you for who you are, not for religion. Father, may you bless the tithes and offerings. Multiply them, not for financial gain, but for blessing the city of Redlands, that we can continue to do the things that we want to do, that we can continue to send missions. More importantly, Lord, that we would give because it's an act of worship, nothing else. We give because it's not ours. We trust in you, not in our financial gain. May we worship you in our giving as well. And as the band starts again, we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.